Our friendship is important to the world, Alex. It certainly is. You're a white man and I'm a Persian man. As a white man sitting across from a Persian man, I salute you. Thank you for showing me these films, the Planet of the Apes films. Wow, man. So meaningful for me to be able to do the quintet. We're talking about the Planet of the Apes saga, original run, from 1968 through 1973. Which is um, a cool thing. And here's the thing that you know. I Ever since I finished making Debbie and the Devil, mm-hmm. I don't care about anything. <laughs> I, I'm He's just sort a of, total nihilist. Yeah, I, I mean, in a good way. I'm yeah. I'm completely zen, mm-hmm. and I'm watching these Planet of the Apes movies. And I'm like, hey, man, rock and roll. Well, w- say what you said <clears throat> before the podcast. I like how you said it. Like, there's while your creative output isn't going to be mirroring the Planet of the Apes necessarily. You never right. know. It might even subconsciously help you out a bit. But you said it well. Talk about the wrinkle that you want in your oh, brain. Oh, what I was explaining to Alex, which I wish I freshly said on the podcast, which, by the way, we got like a core, you know, uh, subscribers and stuff. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Hi. Th- uh, thanks for sticking around. It's been a second. Yeah. Because when you don't care, you don't want to do a podcast because you just don't care. You know, like you don't you're give just, a fuck. Yeah. And you, I, and you guys know what it's like. Yeah. No, you know, I don't mean like, that maliciously. We know as human yeah. beings, we I, don't give a fuck sometimes. I happily do not care about anything that I do not think is important. We say this as humans and simians. Yes, and which is which is thematically. And I do not, you know, and the funny thing is because of the, the way podcasts work, mm. maybe you don't even know who, I mean, you know, you're not one of our subscribers and you just want to hear somebody, like two people talk about Planet of the Apes because, you know, you search Planet of the Apes on the iTunes thing. You might have watched one of them even in recent history. You have to know that one party in this does not give a fuck about the Planet of the Apes (laughs) and and doesn't give a fuck about anything. He's just happy that he finished his movie and everybody can fuck off and (laughs) i care about the planet of the ape saga and care about far too much beyond it yes so we will balance out into a caring zone yeah and go ape that accordingly that being said um if if you came into this because you wanted to hear something about planet of the apes let me just say i made a movie called debbie and the devil it's the greatest movie ever made uh it's a horror movie and it's awesome and that's why i don't care because everything is stupid compared to debbie and the devil i'm looking forward to seeing it i heard a lot about it i can't wait to get in line thanks guys thanks by the way interdimensional alex is in it i am yes and he uh plays a mystery role which is a little spoilery. This is TBA. Yeah, to be announced. But and anyway. TBS. To be seen. Here's, not the network. Yeah, here's the thing, though. Um, having seen... Now, here's the thing. Okay, let's just jump into it. We will talk about Planet of the Apes, where I'm not going to monkey around. But um, But I will say... Um, okay, so... I'll just begin with my sort of exposure to Planet of the Apes. Expose, expose. I am not unexposed to it. I mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. What what was your first like visual memory of the saga in any shape or form as a kid? You well, know, what's funny TV? is I always remember the video boxes. Yeah, and I think just like you, as you mentioned, like before, like my big 
intro to it i think was when they showed them all on on amc yeah dude that and, was a special fucking time yeah and i remember seeing the first one i remember seeing beneath the planet of the apes on tv mm-hmm, but not remembering mm-hmm. that much other than this sort of notable parts of like when he goes down and right. he sees those guys that i remember them worshiping the missile which i thought was interesting and removing their skin which maybe just for the sake of courtesy as one does on podcasts we should perhaps announce folks if you haven't seen these planet of the apes films suck a dick no, suck no. a big hairy ape dick yeah uh when you're done um you know and, and hopefully hopefully you had the conversation before this was a consented upon dick sucking yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. once it's done and it's a good conversation ensues and you you know compare lives and go oh i didn't know we had so much in common take the moment to watch these films um or if you don't give a shit like my good friend Nas <laughs> here just know we're going to spoil away yeah so if you really were planning on watching these movies and you don't know the twist because by the way before we spoil it you know the first one has an iconic ending yes that most people just know about the way most people know the darth vader reveal yes in star wars saga so so have you noticed that those are two sci-fi moments that most people peripherally already know like right. the, the 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 surprise has already been given so that being said you're saying from here on out we're talking spoilers i think or, so okay. we're gonna just get into these movies okay. and and uh and you know if you're a purist and you're like oh no they're gonna talk about maybe, maybe i really want to because because i think we'd agree each movie offers a pretty cool sci-fi trope an yeah, idea yeah, yeah. something's at play yeah so if you want to see this blindly nakedly yeah. Go in now and then tune in. Otherwise, come with us as we dissect these movies. And before before we jump into the conversation about the whole Planet of the Apes saga, and we are talking the originals. We're not going to talk... We might touch on the remake, even though I haven't seen that. And... The, yeah, we can can brush upon that one. And the last three, which I loved. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. Before we jump into that, I just want to say when I say I don't care, I do. I, I, I just all I care about, gang, listener, is cinema. And as long as a movie exists, it's all good, baby. You know. But you know, a perspective I think uh, some people uh, might appreciate is yeah. it's one thing to just watch movies your whole life. If you watch movies and you make a movie. It does something to your. Would you? Wouldn't you agree? Your perspective on cinema as a whole. You have a brand new well, appreciation. You know what it is. I'll, I'll explain what what happens. When I made Debbie and the Devil, I became God. <laughs> I'm God. Uh, I made one, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And that's why. That's why. You know. And okay. Look, I'll be totally, totally dead honest with you. I think I touched on this on the very, very last podcast, which was back in like February. Mm. Um, I am God, but um, <laughs> um, no, no, no. But what I wanted to you say look, was, you look a lot like him. Thank you, thank yeah. you, sir. You know, people have been telling me, I look right? Good. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, no, no, didn't the know thing he was a redhead. Uh, yeah, hey, well, he's got keen fashion sense. <laughs> the thing is, it's weird doing. Okay, when I originally started the podcast, mm. there was no financing for Debbie and the Devil. There was, I mean, let's just talk about this for a second. But yeah. okay, there was, there Devils was. Devils no, and apes. Right, yeah, yeah. 
I had no, there, nothing was coming my way in terms of financing for my first feature film. Nothing. Mm-hmm. I had no idea how that was going to happen. It was just something that I wanted to happen. And it was, I just kept writing and writing and writing and stuff like that. And so I started the podcast just to stay active and to do something. And because people told me, oh, you'd be a natural at doing a podcast. You know, just because they mm-hmm. say I'm good at talking about mm-hmm. movies. It's the only thing I'm good at talking about. Right. Whatever, you know, yeah. like. And so I started the podcast and good things happened as a result of the podcast. Like Lloyd Kaufman came into my life and hired Lucas, our DP, you know, for his mm-hmm. movie. And that's mm-hmm. insane. And, and in my world, that means everything. That's like indie street cred. That's everything, you know. Yeah. And so, the and I remember, I mean, okay, we started the podcast in like 2016, and then you and I got into a good groove of doing it, and we would go see a movie and review it, or we would rent yeah. a, a particular movie or something and review it, and mm-hmm. that was fun. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, after you've made a movie, it's like you so don't want to put energy into watching somebody else's movie and then recording something about your thoughts on that person's movie a because it just doesn't seem appropriate it doesn't seem fair and it seems like i mean why would you you know let's say you don't like it why would you you know devote time to rag mm-hmm, on a contemporary mm-hmm. and then on top of that you know this is the other thing. I mean, this is the transitional, I guess, episode of the from the Nasred podcast or Nasred talks about movies to the Wild Seven Studios po- or the Wild Seven podcast, mm-hmm. and that's hosted by <clears throat> myself and the Nightshade Collective, which is you know April and Alexa and Ashley, and they're gonna you know join in on the fun and stuff like that. Yeah, Woo! they're super fun girls. Mm-hmm. They they helped me make Debbie and the Devil. If without them, I couldn't have make made Debbie and the Devil. Shout the out. podcast is gonna evolve and 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 become something else but it's just i just i'm not into like i'm not a movie reviewer i'm not into that i'm a i'm a filmmaker yeah. and i happen to have this forum whatever the fuck this is a platform or whatever mm-hmm. and um now that my world has expanded the podcast will as well you know what i mean yeah. and i feel like I'm sorry. Listen, we'll talk about Planet of Apes in a, in a no, second. No, of course, of yeah. course. Uh, but I, I think I, I know what you mean. There's um, when you actually have sort of gone into the creative trenches of what it takes. I, I think reviewing and having strong thematic opinions of movies, yeah. actually is part of the evolutionary process. Yeah, I think it's important to critique movies, but I challenge critics. To go, okay, great. You have a great theoretical handle on movies. Yeah. Now make one. Right, right. And, and even oh, five sorry. golden minutes making just, don't worry, that wasn't a digesting stomach. That was just an adjusting yeah, microphone. I punched the microphone. He man. punched the yeah, microphone. Yeah. Dramatic, man. Yeah. But yeah, what, even making five gold minutes of cinema yeah. is, is, it's challenging. Yeah, yeah. And, and, or let's say it's simple. Who cares if you if you don't actually do it? You're sort of stalling in hobbyist mindset. Yeah, and not yeah, no work shop work ethic. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I I love reading film criticism. I think there's a place for film criticism oh, in, totally. in cinema no, and I, stuff like that. I think it's on the tree branch of evolution to yeah. the ultimate goal, which is great. Yeah, 
because you need to have a critical encyclopedic idea of the genre of anything. Yeah, yeah, if, yeah. But, but and then do something yeah, with it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and I mean, like real talk, real talk. It would I'm I'm not like the biggest I think I've me- even mentioned this on the podcast before. I'm not the biggest Zach Braff fan. That type of cinema, if, in air quotes, like Garden State, <laughs> it's not my thing. It's not my cup of tea. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I hold, However, I hold no resentment towards it now, but I yeah. remember at the time, oh, at the I, time I could I was frustrated with why it was so important to a lot of people. Right, right. I mean, you know, just, I, it was, it was sim- simply it just was it wasn't for me at yeah, the time. And it, exactly. <laughs> it it wasn't for me either. However, having gone through the hell of making an independent film and a real independent film. I'm not talking like <laughs> I had Michelle Pfeiffer and, and, and it was an independent film. No, right, it was right. a fucking independent film. As independent as you can get. After having done that and just knowing how hard it is to put a feature film together, I would defend Zach Braff or whoever the fuck. I don't yeah, know. Absolutely. I mean, I can't think no, of anybody of else that, that you know, like. Well, th- also, you're not. We've talked about this too. Like, I feel. Okay, I feel this way about writing. You see everywhere from bookstores to airports to drugstores, James Patterson. Yeah. And it's every fucking where. Yeah. And we can all roll our eyes and go, this fucking guy's everywhere. Jesus. And and if you're writing, you could be tempted to be like, why the fuck is he so important? When you're in the jewel of your lotus of your own creation, we've talked about this. It's like, excellent. Yeah. Make those movies. Yeah. Write those books. Yeah. You know why? They don't really affect me. So good for you, Zach Braff. If this is your yeah. vision, why do I need to get mad at someone else for what they are seeing? It's not what I'm going to create. Yeah. So why would I invest the critical energy in other people's sense of individual output? Exactly. That's it. I mean, yeah, I mean, exactly. And yeah, and Zach, you you punk ass bitch, <laughs> make your movie, man. You know, like it's better Do you make it. a movie than shooting people. I mean, right. with so much shit in the world, yeah. why would I devote time ragging on a work of art? I think mm-hmm. in its very nature, a work of art, whether it be Garden State or Pulp Fiction, which I is my like you know God level, you know yeah. like in my It'll eyes, it's cool. it's that's I saw it when I was twelve in a fucking theater. It's changed my life, which yeah. is so obnoxious to say. But hey, man, it's my life, and fuck you. I made Debbie and the Devil. I'm God, <laughs> but it's it's I, I love it all. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean by I don't care. It's not that I don't care because I hate it. It's I don't care because I've made my little contribution to horror cinema, and I'm very happy with it. And if you don't like it, that's fine. If you love it, that's great. That's what I wanted. Mm-hmm. If you hate it, that's great, because that's also what I wanted. <laughs> but but either way, I did my thing. Will I be able to top the, the pinnacle? And you'll see it when you see it, but when will I be able to top the pinnacle of Debbie and the Devil? No. I will get sophomore slump, and I will lose it all. I'm just kidding. I'm keeping you all sharp. No, everything I do is brilliant. But what I'm saying is, I just don't have, again, in, in a nutshell, I don't have the, the thing to sort of continue a movie podcast where I just go reviewing movies. I don't know. It's, it's not my thing. Anyway. Yeah. That's it. I'm done. You know what is fun, though, is collecting the gold in anything you do see. 
So yeah. even the shit that you're tempted to roll your eyes at or go, what the fuck is this? I sometimes find... I remember years ago, I saw just a really just nothing play. And those can be really... Boy, a, a bad movie is one thing to sit through. Live performances that suck, they're really hard to sit through. Yeah. God yeah. damn. And sometimes they make you really cynical and bored and just hating everyone. Other times, you're amazed, especially when you'd smoke up before you yeah. go in there. I would smoke up and go into a theater. No, it's like, okay, it's my friend's show. And I'm there to support them. But it's yeah. a lot of people learn their lines. You know, it's just, yeah. and you're, however, that's the cynical view. I'm like, no, 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 there's something to this. And you would just see bizarre shit go down because <laughs> it's the theater. Yeah. And sometimes out of things that just aren't even in the net of your realms or interests, yeah. you go, no, 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 I found a little jewel in the lotus here. Yeah. I found a little gold bead. Yeah. And this is actually something that in some weird way is going to inform my voice as an artist yeah yeah it's pretty cool i wanted to ask you uh you talk about you know how you devote your time to writing yeah one thing i feel like we don't ask writers enough if they're comfortable sharing it i like to know some uh, i hate when people phrase it as what's your process i hate that fucking word because yeah. of people say so i'm not going to say process but what i am going to be uh, curious about is the time that you put to writing generally do you write when and how often let's talk about within a given week oh i write every day mm-hmm. and morning afternoon night bit of everything like after i come back from the shop so is that like late afternoon or yeah, late evening? Four like thirty. right on so you write at that point do you do you ever write first thing in the morning yeah if i can if you can if okay. i don't have to go to the shop gotcha that's like my favorite like right. I'll, I'll wake okay like let's say it's a day that i don't have to go to the shop and sure. there's no debbie well, business or both anything. are relevant what i wanted to quickly discuss and by the way we've got fucking time I, no, we'll, no, of we'll course. Get to yeah, yeah. but i I'm, I'm interested in also writer talk yeah go ahead but you know we're, we're talking about right there because i think both are relevant we who are still holding jobs and can't just spend every day having endless hours to writing. It's good to know what on the days where you do have all yeah, day to write, yeah, yeah. how do you use it? That's one thing I want to know that you do. Yeah. And the other one is on the days where you have to work, how do you fit the energy and yeah. time to writing around your responsibilities? Yeah. Please. Well, I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. or I don't know if it's that interesting, but for me... Yeah, yeah. For anybody outside of me or whatever. But my, quote, day job is fashion. So mm -hmm. it's not really like... I mean, it's what a lot of like... I've seen... And by the way, I mean, I've seen fashion kids in the industry come and go. Like kids that wanted to start their own lines and blah, 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 blah. And then mm -hmm. poof, they're gone. You know what I mean? Sure. And so I've been in that industry for a long time, not giving a fuck. And now I'm in the, you know, movie thing and I don't give a fuck. But like, so to me, it's all one thing. And what that one thing is, is basically just being creative. Like, mm -hmm. so if it's on a day when I don't have to like make a shirt, it pretty much is, you know, um, I'll wake up, mm -hmm. I'll make coffee. It, okay, let's pretend I'm not smoking weed at this time. 
Because I don't want it to seem that that my process is even like dependent on that. But I would just basically make coffee and write any of the beats or notes that I've gathered throughout living my life in that time that I'm writing that whatever given thing that I'm writing. So, you know what I mean? So you kind of devote the given energy that you have lived and are living in that moment to the page. My, now that I think about it, I mean, I don't do anything else. Like, like, like my mind is not anywhere else. Like mm-hmm. it's either, okay, if I'm making a shirt, I'm listening to something that either is filmmaking related or it's a book on tape that I'm absorbing or something or it, it's it's usually filmmaking related. Sometimes maybe I'm listening to something that's well, okay, there's history stuff that, you know, sometimes. Mm-hmm. But um and my entire th- thought everything is for that like if i go to the gym i'm listening to music that's that's lubricating whatever i'm obsessing on or whatever i'm i'm writing you know and and then so that by the time i'm coming out of the shower i'm i'm i you know i'm ready to make my coffee and sit down on the computer and work out whatever like idea was like you know, floating around in my head or whatever. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Totally, you know? totally. And now, not to no. discount the use of weed, <clears throat> yeah. do you find that often smoking helps with the creative process? Does it ever hinder the creative process? I said process again. I fucking hate that word. But, I, you know. <laughs> yeah, no. I think it depends. I can't say it hurts. Yeah. Definitely, I can't say it. No, hurts. nor can I, <laughs> because and I, I, can't I say, feel like a lot of my really good writing has come yeah, while stone, not it, because of stone, but while stone. Well, no, what I think it helps do is it helps you visualize what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. You, you know, know what I mean? I know what you mean, and for me also, it unlocks some language for me. Yeah, I mean, I have this process. Anybody that knows me really well knows this process. Process called spacing. Mm-hmm. Where I just play music, and I yeah. just smoke, yeah. and I just sort of pace around my room, yeah. and whatever you know visions sort of come to me, I sort of jot down on a scrap piece of paper or on a notebook or something. Handwritten, handwritten, and Word. then eventually all of that sort of within it, within let's say okay, let's say I have an idea, mm-hmm. and. Every night, I'm doing that process mm-hmm. by, I can't believe, I mean, uh, it's kind of a giveaway. I mean, not that, I mean, whatever, who cares? But by like three months, I will have a lot of notes. I will have built up a lot of like visions and a lot of like things of this thing. And eventually, I'll, you know, put it in some sort of sequential order. Mm-hmm. you know and then mm-hmm. that's when i sit down and start writing it. and you're doing that and that's preferably cool. you know some usually i do that sober i mean mm-hmm. you know no, yeah I, yeah no no i think I just both have but. happened both for for me at its best it's an organic process i have admittedly sometimes fixated like for hours on two paragraphs while stoned yeah 
but who's to say you're not supposed to fixate for two hours on yeah, two yeah, paragraphs yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean it, it sometimes it for me it's painting with words yeah and you got to paint some coats a little thicker than others you know yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i don't yeah. know uh yeah man i i i dig the uh the writer creation the mixing of words and uh and also it's important i realize too it's very important to do it every day yeah i struggle with that sometimes yeah um Especially if I'm having a shitty day. You would think that would be a ripe time to start writing. Yeah. Um, But sometimes I'm just too caught up in my bullshit to uh, write. So it's it's important to write every day. I realize it's another muscle that one needs to work out. I do think writing is the most important thing ever. Yeah. Well, you've said it. You, you, dude, you was great because we're we're both writing right now. We're creating, and you said something encouraging one day. You said a couple, a lot of uh, encouraging things. One was, hey, man, we made it. And I said, oh, yeah, how so? And he said, because we're us and we're here. Yeah. Yeah. So I like that. And also you said once, there's writing, there's nothing better. It truly is. Writing is the best thing ever. Yeah. And I agree, man. It's, 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 um. It's the best use of madness we have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, man, we just got through fucking apes galore. And by the way, thanks for the writer talk. Oh, anything of course. Else, anything else we want to talk about with the with the process? It's 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 a huge accomplishment, man, that you have, you know, done your movie. This is like 11 years you said, I think, in the uh womb of the mind. Oh, I mean, it's um it's from like when I was a kid. Like I mean, it's it's the greatest thing. I'm so just I'm just so fucking happy. I mean, the thing is, like, okay, my when I said I don't care. I mean, that's true. I really don't care about. Well, just, I get like a Buddhist. I don't. Yeah, care it's like a it. Buddhist. I don't care. Yeah, but I will say my appetite for cinema has only multiplied. Like I'm Godzilla right now and I just want to eat every <laughs> I know, man. movie, you know? Dude, like same, same. I want to um, read every goddamn book right yeah, now. Yeah. I mean that yeah. too, you know? Like I'm 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 very um hungry for stories and for art and literature and and movies especially and so it's a good time. It's a wonderful time. It's it's a great time to not really give a fuck about anything. While yeah. while enjoying it all yeah, too. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, Alex. Sir. Why do you like these Planet of the Apes movies so much? <laughs> so uh I got this weirdo friend is in these fucking <laughs> monkey flicks and uh yeah. Please do not refer to us as monkeys. It's offensive to us. Yeah. yeah. Uh well you know what, dude? It just, it taps into, even as a kid, kid, I was always fascinated with apes and the fact that we were, you know, way back when. Mm-hmm. And I was fascinated with 2001, for example, Space Odyssey. Yeah. Way too young to be like even watching that crazy weird film. But the but what I first got into it was because I had heard that there was this ancient man scene, like apes ape people like you know with a bone and all that right and funny enough that's the same year that planet of the apes came out 1968 and i remember 
seeing on TV briefly some uh, something that later on I would recall to be beneath the planet of the apes. Mm-hmm, so that was my mm-hmm. first exposure. It's actually the beginning, which funny enough is just recapped footage of planet of the apes right so technically i was watching planet of the apes footage <laughs> yeah. first and then i remember the vhs uh picture of planet of the apes the first one uh-huh. and it looks goofy though because it's a shot of charlton Heston and his chick nova and they're in the uh cage and you have the apes around them, and Doctor Zayas is talking to Cornelius and Zira, and Chuck is doing this goofy little like point to because remember he writes in the soil for a second, like uh-huh. I can write, uh-huh. and he's trying to get the apes to see that because uh-huh. he can't talk at this point, and he writes, and he, and it's just Chuck doing this big teethy grin and pointing. And it looked very like monkey see monkey do. I just remember even as a kid, I was like, "What is this shit? I don't want to watch just, this." Just, just, just yeah. to clarify in my mind because we're you know roughly the same age. Sure. This era that you saw this VHS copy, mm-hmm. this was like you saw this in Blockbuster, the library. I think it was uh, actually at this time it was the Albertsons video rack. Oh, okay. But I remember seeing the whole all the VHS pictures at uh blockbuster yeah, yeah, yeah. when that was still yeah, around. yeah, yeah. okay go and on. this was also before amc did their run because they did a reissue of things later on where they did the whole like half face of one character and then a couple things yeah. and it was usually like fully washed and green or purple or orange not as exciting as the other ones which have you know admittedly this goofy picture of charlton Heston going i can write yeah, yeah. but um uh, nevertheless, so even as a little kid, I'm like, I'm like, what, what is this? Planet of the Apes? It just sounded goofy. It's, I don't, I don't, I, I remember even then. And apparently, that's what every studio at the time in 1960 yeah. was like. What Planet of the Apes? Fuck that. <clears throat> However, I remember then, in like f- fifth grade, maybe fifth grade, maybe going into yeah. sixth grade. Uh, catching on TV the last half of what we just saw right now, the fifth one, Battle for the Planet of the Apes. Uh-huh. To catch you all up, the five apes films are as follows. And I'm going to give the year of them too. Please. 1968, Planet of the Apes. 1970, Beneath the Planet of the Apes. 1971, Escape from the Planet of the Apes. 1972, Conquest for the Planet of the Apes. Wait, Conquest for? Conquest of. Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. Sorry, I'm getting my prepositions mixed up. Can we get a check on that? Yeah, sorry, Sasha. The, Sasha is The sleeping. dog used the, the Blu-ray as a pillow. Conquest of, right? Yes, Conquest this, of, that is correct. Mom, if you hear this, you're going to... My mom gets on my case for my prepositions it's my hi, one ma- weakness weakness uh uh, uh hi, hi ma'am hi ma'am hi ma'am mom would you like more tea with your biscuit uh the so, okay conquest of mm-hmm. planet it was 1972 and then the fifth one 1973 battle for the planet of the apes mm-hmm. so right and that's just fun when you're a kid because we were also of a generation getting these serialized things with Star Wars and Indiana Jones. We go, oh yeah, there's several movies that make up the mythology, the saga, the lore. So I remember then being aware of the fact that these were like several movies. And it's just fun because when you're a kid, you're like, yeah, dude, ape people, that's, <laughs> that's yeah. cool. So 
I catch the end of that, and even you get it, even with battle, you get a sense of sort of like, oh wait, these are like there's sort of like a hierarchy and there's like a, a, a political structure between the apes. These are actually like you know, there's there's some kind of um, character play and, right. and who's who going on. So in real characters you can get into. Yeah. So like, oh okay. And sure enough, whatever TV and and for you kids out there, this is back where you didn't just type in things and look things up you, you you just had channels playing things and you hoped in time you were watching it when it was happening and sure enough there you were it's like okay battle's happening it ends and then planet of the apes and my mom i remember i said whoa have you ever seen it? and she's like oh my god i saw that in 1968 in the yeah. theaters and she said you gotta wait for the ending there's a really like big surprise ending so i'm proud to say that there are two, we talked about, I mentioned earlier, the two major sci-fi kind of like spoiler epic endings mm. that I got to experience without any sort of pop culture peripheral foreknowledge. Oh, wow. Was the Statue of Liberty in Planet of the Apes uh-huh. and Darth Vader being the father of Luke. Jeez. As a child, I got to experience that raw with just going, oh, what the fuck? Fuck! Oh my gosh! You that's son of a. No. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. That was one. That's one thing I'm thankful for, being our generation. Just like a, I'm the a opposite with those two. Like, well, I, maybe you just were exposed to them later or something. How did you know about Darth Vader, for example? You didn't see it as a kid and go, "Oh shit!" Did someone tell you? And by the way, when you watch this, he. <laughs> no, I think I had just seen that part independent like i had yeah. seen bits of star wars here and there everywhere okay yeah yeah um prior to like really formally sitting but, down and by the way it them. bothers me so much when people quote that they always fuck that line up yeah. somehow it's become luke i am your father that just sounds stupid what like what he pops out of a closet and goes luke yes i am your father well that's oh, what oh, i plan oh, on okay. doing with my kids that's, that's the problem <laughs> Please wear the mask, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wear the mask <laughs> yeah, yeah. and just breathe in yeah. them. I am your father. Yeah. That It's such a, like, that version just sounds like some invasive creep. Yeah. It's not the slip of a dagger-edged revelation yeah. that it's yeah. meant to be. Anyway, back to the saga we're talking about, yeah. Planet of the Apes. So, I watched the first one, and as a kid, it was just so cool. And dude, you know what's cool? Okay, so let's let's talk about our collective experience watching this. Yeah. Here we are. We're watching the first one now. Do you remember when you saw the first one with Charlton Heston? Because no, you must have seen that one. That's like the one that I want to say I was. Twelve, thirteen. Yeah. Or eleven, twelve, thirteen, around that age. Mm-hmm. And, and then I remember just sort of. My brother was way... He was like eight years younger than me and mm-hmm. sort of throwing it at him and being like, hey, this is about talking monkeys or something. And like, you know. <laughs> and throwing then, it at him. Yeah, and he, he, he dug monkeys. it. And he, he thought it was funny the way they kissed. You know, <clears> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, kissed, the, like their lips the, don't even move. The kisses are awkward. <laughs> yeah. And I will admit, of course, I mean, dude, this is now a f- the first one to timestamp it right now. It's 51 years old. Wow. So wow. so yeah, you're gonna see the like cracks in the uh, veneer. You know, you're and gonna so yeah. The fir- first one was like was that you said that was kind of the thing that kicked off Charlton Heston's Omega Man 
thing. Like, I would argue. Well, I think st- I think sort of the legend, not even legend. Sort you kind of notice in the movies, like he had this in the fifties. He's Moses and Ben Hur. It's a big fucking yeah. deal. Then the early to mid sixties, he was sort of like, oh, I don't know. It's a it, things are changing. The industry's changing, and I think he kind of was sort of floating around. And then it's yeah. like, I guess I have to do this monkey flick or so yeah. whatever he may have thought at the time. I think everyone had their doubts. Yeah. But the story goes, they were like, okay, you can do this weird ape movie, but you need to have a star. You like, we can't do this without like a name we can sell right, this right. on. So Charlton Heston, you know, mm. I guess he did them a solid and, and kind of them him yeah. too. Cause I thought like, dude, it's a new era. And the bizarre thing is, and you remember, you know, Charlton Heston has dragged through the fucking dirt and beaten and gagged and yeah. dragged and just, you know. I love it. It's yeah. great. And me too. And I love, <laughs> I love everything from his, it's a madhouse, yeah. a madhouse. Yeah, when he's out. hosed <laughs> down, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it's brutal. He's yeah. not, he's not leading the chariot race. He's getting fucking. <laughs> yeah. I like <laughs> just, it. Yeah, I like it I'm too. Down. And I agree because there's sort of what I like to consider the the and someone needs to maybe even like someone should write in and maybe remind us of other Heston sci-fi we're leaving out but the I think of it oh, as a quartet Green. well exactly the quartet Planet of the Apes Beneath the Planet of the Apes Soylent Green and Omega Man mm, yeah <clears throat> I agree I think those are um those are just great right right uh fun part of the sci-fi genre and sure enough it's charlton s and and obviously i mean after planet of the apes they were like okay yeah dude you got to do more like crazy twisted sci-fi yeah so and it's just it's fun man i remember even as a kid going oh look look at that it's so cool these are talking apes yeah and they do have these funny things where they go like you know what they say human see human do like I, i enjoy that yeah i from a certain age on I would say after, I would say from 12 on, if I watch something, there was a ratio of cinematic education and entertainment. Yeah. And so the, the pie, any ratio is fine. Like any ratio is fine by me. You know yeah. what I mean? If it's 99% cinematic education, it's okay if it's 1% ed- entertainment. It's sure, okay. You know what I mean? Sure. That's fine. As long as the pie is there. Right. And so I just watched it just because I knew it was something within the culture that, you know, I, yeah. I wanted to kind of know about. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and and I dug it. Like, I, I like the, I, I just like that kind of like, I don't know, that, that sci-fi kind of thing. I mean, yeah, that's, that kind well, of stuff turns me on and, you know. Let's also mention... Um, as maybe some people may not know, certainly one of the co-writers for the first movie is Rod Serling, oh, yeah. Mr. Twilight Zone. Yeah. And uh, speaking of which, I wanted to mention a, a Twilight Zone episode that's so today that I saw not too long ago. I do this game sometimes where I roll my old Dungeons & Dragons dice to determine a random episode in some series that I know. Yeah. So I roll a dice first to see, excuse me, one one die, singular. I roll a die, right? Die. I think so. Yeah. yeah, die, singular. Dice, plural. But the proper way to say is that I roll that die. Okay, I roll that die to yeah. first know what season I'd begin. I, yeah. And then I roll another die to see what episode. And so anyway, randomly, dude, through the dice... 
it brought me to a Twilight Zone episode called The Shelter. Mm-hmm. And just real brief, because we live in these times now, there's a big celebration party at someone's house and all the neighbors are over and you kind of notice it's a mixed group of people. Meaning, I mean like diversely, diversely, <laughs> cello mm. folks, marijuana makes you invent words. Yeah. Diverse and racially diverse, you know, kind of group of people. Suddenly the radio announcement comes saying, oh, there's two possible missiles coming from russia it sounds like oh fuck we're about to have a, a world war three situation uh-huh. so the neighbor reveals okay we have a bomb shelter but uh only three of us can fit and then they start determining who's worth like who who has you know the uh privilege to survive and then it starts like you don't you're not even american you're a dirty immigrant and all like they start finger pointing it becomes paranoid and it starts becoming like a kind of social wall and keeping out like mm-hmm. it, it gets like racist it gets paranoid it was a really interesting like trump era thing but like we're talking the late 50s early 60s when this episode came out so so fucking ahead of its time showing like yo dude when you know America runs this game where we are all friendly until suddenly we then feel panicked and then you start determining who is in the hierarchy of life worth. I wonder, anyway, that's coming from that mind that know, makes these Planet of the Apes movies. I want to I want to say something to that about the wall. Is there a wall yeah. in your heart? No. Moving on. Sorry. Yeah, thank you. you. Know, like no, people, well, yeah, start yeah. with the heart. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but these, uh, this whole thing wouldn't have happened without the book first. This guy Pierre Boulle. So, did you read that? I wrote. I read it in uh, middle school, I think, or no, no, uh, uh, high school. I think <laughs> right after the AMC did that run in 1999. So, for those when we're talking about that, AMC before it became this hit series network for things like Breaking Bad and Walking Dead and all that, they used to just play movies. Yeah. And they'd have some old fuck come out and just be like, this movie was known for this, this, this. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, I, you know me. I'm not being... I'm just being facetious when I say no, the old fucks. No, you know, I the, agree with you, know, you They are old fucks. Old Who fucks? are they? And they would just tell you, this was blah, 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 and now without further ado, the movie. And then, you know, they do their thing. So... They did this long run. I mean, it, dude, I remember it was just going for like a week straight. Yeah, yeah, it was I all five that, of yeah. them and the Behind the Planet of the Apes uh, documentary hosted by Roddy McDowell himself. Props to Roddy McDowell. He's in four out of five of them. Yeah. And he rocks. So, uh, yeah, I read that in uh, freshman year. The book is different. Like, instead of these sort of adobe huts and kind of like this... Um, on a on you notice it's kind of primitive still mm-hmm. the ape culture in the first one they still have kind of an outdoors vibe they don't they don't have cities per se yeah. in the book it's like urban cities with helicopters and planes and elevators and oh, office really? buildings but they're apes yeah and like the the doctors actually wear like lab coats it doesn't have that cool kind of 60s sci-fi psychedelic Mm-hmm. uniform what do you think about those uniforms like the purple and black for I, the dig them. I dig the gorilla uh, uniforms gorilla it's a great the i like that uniforms not too not into that kind of green that olive green thing no i was gonna say something but maybe i should say it no i'll just say it no say it all dr says eyes crack me up so funny right yeah some of this is hilarious dude. Yeah. yeah yeah no no dude in every one of them there's some moment where i go but, okay is, but yeah. i will say um yeah i don't really watch if ever 
I mean, yeah, maybe, I mean, when I was younger, like, watching a movie just to goof on it and just to be like, these movies, even now, yeah, there was goofy stuff in it. Like, like clearly, the makeup effects are not yeah, the best. You're going to see the cracks now. Yeah, totally. but, dude, these movies are downers. Like, they end on right? such downer notes. Right? Like, the totally. one, which one Escape from Planet of the Apes. Well, hold on, we, can we just... Okay, 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 oh, no, yeah, here's, yeah. here's what we should do. Yeah, um, yeah. You were explaining the book. Yeah. Oh, oh, well, 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 I do want to say one thing about the book. The the aha moment in the book is he actually goes so far with the uh, with his lady Nova. They have a child together, and somehow he repatches the spaceship, and he flies back to what he thinks was the Earth that he left. Turns out, right when he had left Earth was when the change had happened, because as soon as he lands, I think he's outside of either a government building or even a post office, some uniformed ape. I think it's actually a government building, and like a like a security guard is out uh-huh. there, and he's a gorilla yeah. in full security guard outfit with like the cap and like the badge and the and yep. he and the gorilla winks at him. End of book. That's pretty cool. It's pretty cool, and apparently, and I was reading up, Pierre Boulle was a consultant throughout the rest of the movies and he would often provide story idea there's Is a lot of right? story by i think even this last one we saw it says story oh. by him well, yeah that's interesting that you say that because in watching the old ones it doesn't go off into sequelitis weird sort of fucking like oh they just wanted the money so it was a cash grab so they just hobbled together the best elements of the first one and just repackage it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, for instance, you know, a lot of franchises do totally. that. There's nothing wrong with that. You got to make your money. Yeah. But still. Still. Uh, it seems like it it developed a mythology. You know what I mean? Totally. Like, well, don't you feel like each movie kind of contributes its own perspective of something? It expresses a, a, a social condition, something to think about. Yeah. Like, they each had their own kind of offering yeah i admit the fifth one does run a bit of the risk of sort of just rehashing themes that have worked thus far yeah that being said there are some gem moments in it too yeah uh, yeah well i am proposing oh, uh, and i because, accept yes oh uh, yeah uh not that kind oh. uh, yeah <laughs> joking but uh, i am proposing uh if you are listening for the planet of the apes a you are a nerd and yes. beat? No, I'm just kidding. You're, you're accepted. I love you. Give me a of hug. Course. Give me a hug. I love you. Hug it out. My We will go in order. Yeah. And just sort of talk briefly about each one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want we, to do that? We, 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 won't, we don't have to spend a million years on it. Okay, cool. But I do want to know, just seeing the first one, what do you think this time around? Like, like anything? What, what was a? Uh, what was a moment where you were like, "Oh fuck, that's pretty cool." I don't remember that, or uh, or just even seeing it again. Are you anything that you go nice? I give props to that movie, the first one. No, there was no <laughs> no no. You know what's funny? I mean, we watched it last week. That's the thing. Yeah. I'm a few days removed from it. Sure. And the thing is, I remember it. How, how okay? How about this? The yeah. fact that it's a full 31 minutes, I think, before we see one ape isn't that kind of cool don't you love how it how it draws out it's like alien and jaws well, okay. you don't pull out you don't show the apes the second the movie yeah. starts you got to show this 
weird crash, this sort of psychedelic space. Remember how it begins with this weird light show of yeah, just yeah, space yeah. weirdness? That's the thing that stood out to me that mm-hmm. I barely remembered from my first viewing yeah. of it, which was that sort of initial light show and yeah, stuff like that. Dude. But that being said, um, it played out very similar to how I remembered it. Mm-hmm. So there was no, there, there wasn't a lot of like, oh my God, I, I don't remember that. And I will say, and I mentioned this while we were watching it, that like, because, and I, by the way, full disclosure, I love the Marvel movies, but because I'm so like conditioned with the Marvel movies now, by the end of it, I was surprised that it was the end because I was like, oh, I thought there was going to be like a big battle or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And so then here's the other thing with the first one. I'm not, uh too enamored with it as a movie like like it's not something that like i think the the one that gets me is and and we'll get into it is the one um which one was the one that was censored though yeah the one we both dug is conquest conquest yeah 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 that's the one that as a movie sort of gets me on a subversive level i mean don't get me wrong i like planet of the apes i love them all as one big thing you know what i mean well what oh sorry so no 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 oh no no no, but it's just the first one on a story level doesn't isn't like super exciting to me sure sure no i can respect that no no Alex, you're my friend. I great. don't want to. Thank you for up. trashing my fucking mythology that I dig <laughs> yeah. on. This is great. Thank you. And uh, and live. Thanks Talk a lot. Me. I'll show you each of the killer, and you could trash that. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's true. I'll see your torture porn, and I'll see what, <laughs> yeah, yeah, what's so yeah. cool about it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no. Um, that hey man, I respect that. It's not. You know what's funny too is some of the way that movie works relies on what people pop culturally and scientifically new in 1968 right we don't know too much we haven't even landed on the moon just yet when yeah. that movie came out yeah and also no one one thing that would just shatter the whole illusion of the first one is wait hold on if they're speaking english and they even understand written english w- this has to be earth or unless how did, did they colonize another planet yeah, with english yeah. So that alone is something that that Charlton Heston's character as a scientific astronaut ought to be able to go, wait a minute. But at the same time, notice that's not really important. Dude, even when they find the doll that says, and even Charlton says, why would an ape create a doll that could talk? And you're like, yeah, because... But I kind of get it, too, because Charlton Heston is resisting the truth the entire fucking movie. He starts out as a cynical prick, then he's kind of broken down, and he's begging to be believed, and then he can't believe yeah. that this whole fucking time he was in Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I think it is? I think I can articulate why... Why you don't give a fuck? Well, no, 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 Desecrating no, 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 my no, child? No, 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 actually, yeah. actually, on the on the contraire, my friend. Oh. Um, why I give a fuck, but why my points of giving a fuck are, are not so much concentrated on the first one. Mm-hmm. I am fascinated, and that's why I was super interested in, in seeing, like, the the recent three mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i'm fascinated in the mythology of how the planet came to be sure over sure. by these stinking apes by these stinking apes you know which is I true because in the first one you're coming to an established exactly. culture exactly that's what gotcha. it is okay i i i am right. sort of interested in how their society works sure um 
And they but, definitely, with the exception of Zira and Cornelius, are the antagonists. Yeah. They're the enemy yeah, in yeah. the first one. And second one, I'd argue. Like, they are right. they are straight up like, oh, fuck, you run up against these guys. No joke. Like, yeah. there's no fucking conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that being said, it's interesting that they develop into the protagonists. Yes, By the dude. end of the series. I agree. Okay, so, I agree. Okay, okay. what else about the Anything first else? one? Anything else? Any finishing comments about the first one? Um, what, how what's I, her name? Zora? Zira. Zira. Bastard. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. She's, she's, yes. she's a cool one. Mm-hmm. Cool lady. Absolutely. And I love uh, the twinkle eyes that she'll give throughout the movie, especially when it's encouraged that Charlton Heston has sex with Nova. She has this little, like, go on, bright eyes. Oh, wait. <laughs> I thought you were talking about Nora. Nora. Wait, who's the girl? The Nova. human lady. Nova. Human. Nova. Yeah, Nova. Yeah, Nova is the cool one. Zira is cool too. Zira. Yeah, they're both yeah, great. They're, yeah, yeah. they're all great. Yeah, um, and and uh, and also, uh, yeah, it's still fun seeing some some of those mask moments. Though still are great. Some of those expressions throughout in all five of them, there are moments where you're like, "Fuck, that's such a." You can tell that yeah. person's smiling. You, t- you can tell that one is sad. You can tell that one is pissed. Like, they, they got some of those expressions yeah. really down. I mean, not to get, like, too, like, hyperbolic about it, but, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's goofy up to a point. If you really want to look at it and scrutinize it, yeah, it's going to oh, you, yeah, 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 be pieces you know of shit I mean? if you do that. However... Yeah. In terms of getting the performances across, yeah, it's very oh, effective. Man. It's weird. When we get to conquest, man, there's uh, there's shit that I yeah. argue is is highly effective. Um, yeah, okay. And then lastly, and you know, we might bounce just as these movies play with time. We might bounce back if things come to us. But let's just talk ending of it. The big reveal. I still love it. I've watched this movie a million times. I know what's gonna come, but as a cinematic story driven reveal of Statue of Liberty I think it's still fucking cool yeah because you already see a chunk of it first that's the first little like wait what and it looks a little because it has this spire sort of the spiral spire thing going on you're like wait a second that looks and then the crown of you know statue of liberty you know how it is how it kind of comes into yeah, that yeah, shot yeah. and uh how cool too because there's a as you say these are the downers so let's talk downer here this ends this guy doesn't get to go home in fact as you you pointed out too you were like oh i was kind of expecting a big showdown fight of yeah. him, and you're like yeah that's what you would expect in a lot of things but this is heston uh just He's about to was well, Zira goes. What will he find out there, Doctor? And Doctor Zayas goes, his destiny. <laughs> and <laughs> with his eyes that you love yeah, so much, his destiny. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so it ends with a guy who learns a terrible truth on a beach. It fades to black, and it's a quick fade too. It's kind of like oh fuck. Yeah. On the Statue of Liberty, and the credits roll. And it's the sound of the ocean. Yeah. Remember that the surf, it's just the surf on the beach. Pretty awesome. How fucking cool is that? It's like a, it's this, oof. I do It chills that. you out. Yeah. So then, beneath the planet of the apes, your thoughts this time around on Okay, on that's that. the one that uh, I remember a little more clearly, just that mm-hmm. part where he's underneath the planet of the apes and then... Uh, 
That would be so funny. They're like, uh, we're going to have to change the title to Underneath the Planet of <laughs> yeah. the Apes. <laughs> but I remember uh, the part that stuck out in my mind was when he discovers those people and they worship the missile, that nuclear yeah. missile, and they take their skin off. That's what I. That's all it's, I remembered. And then we watched it again. And no, see, some people argue that that detracts from the main important narrative of the apes. I think in terms of world building, it's kind of genius that by part two, we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're going to give you about 40 minutes reestablishing Ape City, and then, baby, we're going subterranean, and we're going to show you what happened to the other humans who didn't go mute, who, in fact, developed psionic torture abilities and worship a bomb. That's fucking rad. Yeah, like, in terms of sci-fi world building, yeah. I really give this one credit. Yeah, that's an interesting thought. I never thought that that would detract from the main sort of mythology of it. Yeah. However, having seen that when I was a kid, I can't separate it from the mythology. You know what I mean? Like, it's not something I can... Like, I understand that point of view now that you say it, but it's like... For me, that's always been a freaky part of that world. Yeah. You know, which they should have had in the recent ones. Absolutely. Which were great, but hey. Um, yeah. But anyway. They beneath. still had, de yeah, definitely a freaky thing. So it's it's also just Charlton a great Nesson. title. I like the word beneath is just fucking great. Yeah. Charlton Heston, yes? Uh, I had to come back for a second. Well, this is the funny. The story goes, oh my God, it's a hit. We got to make a sequel. And you know me, I, I usually hate the idea of sequels. So I kind of... Uh, can relate uh, Charlton Heston thought it's a great fucking first movie we had it such a great ending let's leave it on a question mark I don't want to fucking do it yeah. and also I think he's like I don't do sequels yeah you know what's funny is I think these old Hollywood guys who were especially like used to being the kings, I think it was sort of a humbling experience where it's like, yeah, baby, but now you gotta do you gotta do sequels. you gotta like kind of head a sort of new franchise yeah, man yeah, so yeah. whether you like it or not apes is waiting to be ex to be expanded into these yeah. sequels and you know as far as sequels go we, you just mentioned like yeah man they're actually trying cool ideas in just about all of them um so yeah it's weird he said okay i don't want to really be involved in this i'm just just use me in the beginning make some reason for me to disappear and then i'll reappear at the end and I don't want you to make any more sequels, so can I blow the fucking world up with that bomb you mentioned right. that they're going to have down and there? And they were like, oh, okay, yeah, and do that ending. <clears throat> what a fucking ending. Pretty cool. But uh, before we jump to the ending, let's just I just want to think of some uh, themes to it. One thing I do like about it uh, is it starts the second after the first one. Yeah. Like, it's immediately after Charlton Heston sees the statue, and then they're like, okay, we got to ride deeper into the wasteland. Strangely, I kind of appreciate how he does disappear throughout the movie. Of course, brother, go for it. Thank you. We are enjoying Mother Earth in Planet of the... We're still apes. This is Planet of the Apes, where in which we live. It, yeah. is, it is, after all. It's Earth the whole time. So here we are. We're enjoying Planet of the Herbs. Oh, by the um, way, yeah, he said go for it because I was packing a bowl. Yeah. yeah. And now he's... Uh, not, I'm yelling too. It's like 12.42 at, No, at shut yeah. the fuck up. Is it really... We've been going for a second. I mean, it's almost... Oh, been my God. Yeah. We are beneath... Welcome back, everybody, we are to the podcast world. Beneath the planet of the... My Meridian. dear podcast buddy. Yeah, you know, brother. Man, all the time good we stuff. had podcasting. But anyway, you were saying... Beneath, beneath. Yeah, uh... 
I like the fact that Charlton Heston is actually missing throughout the movie. It takes away security. It kind of, you know, leaves Nova vulnerable. James Franciscus, the guy they bring on to be the new protagonist, who, who admittedly kind of looks like even like a stand-in for Charlton Heston. You know what I mean? They, they strangely yeah. got a guy who also has that kind of, yeah. you know, blonde guy who looks good without a shirt yeah. out here. And, you know... And he was so, also in Dario Argento's Cat O' Nine Tales, which, because I just bought the new Blu-ray. Yeah. And he also goes up toe-to-toe with Bruce Lee training in some show called Long, Long Street. Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you got Bruce doing, especially he does his water speech about, yeah. you know. Anyway, uh, yeah, it has some clunky action scenes. It also has some effective action scenes in Beneath. Um, it has... Uh, I also like how it has uh, this guy, General Ursus. It has our first gorilla character who isn't just some sort of brute background character. Mm. You don't have any major gorilla characters in the first one, but here he has that cool bulbous helmet, yeah. and he's the one who says, the only good human is a dead human. And fun fact, he played Spock's dad in the episodes back in the day in the 60s, whenever oh. Spock's dad would show up. Oh. That was that was uh, the guy. So... um. They go underground. That's fun, dude. And it gets super... Don't, didn't you think it got kind of psychedelic and strange when they got down? There's that ladder they see that is vibrating, but every time they touch it, it stops. Yeah. And then when they let go, then they... You know what it seems like? <clears throat> Excuse me. I just <laughs> we're, all, we're all, all wheezing. I've been, I've been yeah. hearing myself, too. I'm like, it sounds like I have... It seems mm. like they got a hit and they were like, okay, we have this hit. Where do we go? Okay. Yeah. Let's go beneath. Yeah. yeah. All right. It, and, it, uh, it's you so know, logical. Uh, yeah. These people, they remove their skin because of... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much of this was thought out and right. how much of this was... I, I do know this is where we have a new writer as well. And he's interested in other things. So this guy, Paul Den or Dane, D-E-H-N. Anyway, What's this he, cat done? I don't know what Den done, <laughs> yeah. but he done most of the scripts he does he wrote this one the third one uh -huh. and the fourth one he's story by for the fifth one uh-huh so um <clears throat> he appeared the story that i heard about him is that he was i think a world war ii vet and he was horrified by the u.s use of atomic energy and its capabilities and its implications so mm -hmm. that's why he puts in the script he's like okay, you're going to give me the apes world. I want to stress the atomic bomb thing. Interesting. And I think, honestly, dude, there wasn't really... This thing didn't intend to be a story about an uprising of apes who overthrew humans. I think what they're suggesting, because, you know, even Charlton says, you maniacs, you blew it up. I think what they were going for in that first movie really was humanity lost control of its atomic capabilities blew up everything life started over but in this reality people who look like you and me as humans remained primitive mm -hmm. but the apes evolved into speech and use of technology and all that mm. so um i don't think they planned for the whole caesar uprising and now that i don't think that really was the original uh, intention yes yeah, i think it was more a response to human use of atomic energy and right. it culminates into this cult underground that worships a bomb mm. talk about um unsafe territory that i'm oh, sorry i feel like before i go there i feel like i cut you off on some point back there 
No? No, it Moving was on? not important at all. Do you remember how uh, everyone dies at the end of uh, part two? Which Before, I love. Is it? I, I thought you would sleep happily on <laughs> yeah. that one. I thought you'd like have a nice <laughs> snooze yeah, on that. Yeah. But uh, no, but think about it. Before you even get to the bomb part, you have... This movie's been built up to... Okay, hopefully we're going to see Charlton Heston again. Okay, we have this new hero. Surely he's going to make it to the end because he's been in every scene. James Franciscus. Yeah. And Nova. We got to reunite Nova with Charlton Heston. Yeah. And yet, in that whole rescue operation to get Heston out, the apes invade... They shoot down Nova. She's fucking killed. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then when they're up against them trying to stop the bomb going off, James Franciscus gets riddled with bullets. Remember, there's even a fucking bullet wound in his head. Yeah. He gets gunned down by the apes. And then they shoot down Heston, bleeding from the heart. And he goes, you bloody bastard. <laughs> it falls forward. Yeah. And detonates that. I remember, fades to white, and you hear... And the countless billions of galaxies in the universe lies a medium-sized star. And one of its satellites, a green and insignificant planet, is now dead. Wow. And then the credits roll, and if you recall, no sound. Yeah. No surf on the beach, no little drone sound, nothing. Silence. Yeah. Really chilling, right? Like, 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 what a, what a, talk about a downer ending. That's just no hope. It's just a movie about no fucking hope. Done. Everyone's dead. It's one of those things in popular culture that there are like several layers of penetration of it. Like on the, on the first layer, there's the goofy masks of the apes, right? Yeah. But then if you really examine each film and then you examine the series as a whole, it's incredibly fatalistic. And it's very bleak, and it's it's not really saying much good about humanity. Like, it, yeah. it's kind of sort of... I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's ultimately saying anything not good about humanity. I don't know if it... I wasn't paying attention totally at the last one. Well, and also think about it up the time, too. They're coming out of that first Cold War and World War Two. It was only, They're only, what, 25 years removed from... Uh, yeah. World War Two, it was still in everyone's mind. Yeah, like and the, Vietnam too. Vietnam, we're in Vietnam at yeah. this point. Who? Hey, there's a, that. There's a scene in Beneath that gets uh, politically controversial. Moment where the chimps have a demonstration with signs saying "Peace, not War," oh, and yeah. the gorillas drag them off like you know student demonstrators and all fucking that. Fucking hippies. Fucking hippies. <laughs> Fuck yeah. you yeah. and your Manson yeah. cult. No, no, that's yeah. that's just the evil hippies. But. Yeah. So, yeah, um, anything else about Beneath you want to cover? Um, I always love people removing their skin. Yeah, that, it's that is, favorite. it's rewarding. And, you know, what a cool idea. I like the idea that they have telepathy, that they worship this bum. They, they have lovely voices. If you recall those choir, uh, those, those are good singers. They have a good organ player. You I know, have might to be kinda say, nice. I like, um... I don't know if that's a, this is a callback in one of the later films, if it was in Conquest or if it was... In, no, it was in the last one. Battle for... Battle. Yeah, they, they rehash that. Where part. they sort of insinuate that yeah. these people become those people. It's going to be... That's, yeah. that, I, 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 I thought you thought that was lame. 
I thought that was cool. That's cool. No, no, please. The I scene want you was to lame. Stick to what? Yeah, the, the scene, scene was, was lame. It was an extended scene. But you was... like how it connects to the world building I do. of that thing. And that, I can do. And I get. That's what I admire about Beneath. It's illogical to focus on Beneath the Planet of the Apes, and yet. And we talked about it too. It has a kind of Morlock feel. There was a bit of time machine vibe to Beneath. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, dude, there's a time machine vibe to the first one too. And that's the other thing. I mean, that maybe that the other reason. True, they're kind of the Eloy. At yeah. least the people on the, the, at least the mute people, they're kind of Eloy. You I know? think one of the reasons the first one didn't, not that it didn't resonate for me, because it did. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it is in my genes somewhat. Yeah. Somewhat, not like you, dude. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but but. Uh, uh, and I didn't mean that in a condescending way. I, dude, I'm I, fucking offended. Yeah, no, no, but Alex, dude, let me just the... say this about about these films. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They, I do as a whole. I appreciate them as a as a as a series. They, it is very impressive. Like, oh yeah, man. It's, it's, no, they. I think they're. But I never looked at them as like influential yeah. to sci-fi as a whole. They ha- they, I think, helped along with Star Wars and Star Trek in legitimizing sci-fi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What I was yeah. going to say was, my original point, hmm. um, was when I was a kid, I must have seen The Time Machine 58 million trillion quadrillion times. Like, so I had a VHS. Yeah, I did. I watched it over and over again. And when I was a kid watching Planet of the Apes, it was like, you know, Time Machine light to me. Uh, it didn't have a bunch of Morlocks. It was, you know, like, and I didn't right. hate it. Sure, but sure. But it was like... I had been exposed to to a drug that I felt was more the original and was more potent mm-hmm. in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Does that make mm-hmm. any fucking sense? Of course it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know. I think, uh, I mean, yeah, you're just simply describing what I had with the first Apes movie. I watched it a gajillion, fagillion, million times, yeah. along with the other ones too, but especially the first one. Yeah. I mean, I, that's the one I've seen the most times. Yeah. I mean, I, I... And, and oh, by the way, check this out for a lineup. I remember this. TNT once for did a, a four-movie lineup, and it was as follows. Planet of the Apes, Logan's Run, The Time Machine, and 2001 Space Odyssey. Wow. That's crazy. How, what a fucking cool lineup. Yeah. Yeah, what, yeah. What, on, uh, what I think day was, did this fall? I think it was some weekend. Had it been a Saturday or something? Oh, yeah? TNT. Yeah. Nice. I remember it was like some afternoon into evening. I remember catching some of Logan's run with my cousin. We were like, whoa, this is cool too. Uh, yeah, man, I love this kind of shit. I love anything. I know most sci-fi, you, as you say, you like if it's horror and it's trying, you're like, fuck yeah. yeah. For me, it's with also like sci-fi. I'm like, hey, man, they're, they're, they're going for an idea that's fucking rad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so... Escape. Escape from Planet of the Apes. I'm going to take a hit here, but I'm curious to know what you sort of thought overall. I have several thoughts. Well, actually, yeah. not several. I, <coughs> I have a few. Um, mm-hmm. How I feel about Escape is... I defi- It was definitely memorable. But the way I feel about it is the way I feel about old school Star Trek episodes that take place in some sort of modern time or some sort of recognizably earth human time like for instance not that this counts like the episode where they go to a planet where the uh, 
somehow the planet is modeled after 20s gangsters like oh yeah like, I remember, do you remember that I one? Remember yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah when i see those episodes i feel ripped off as, uh, a, yeah, as yeah. a sci-fi fan because i want to see another world i want to see right. robots and shit yeah, and, and volcanoes know, and, in the background exactly like, i want to yeah, see aliens and, right. and all that shit um so there's part of me that doesn't like that that doesn't like that it takes place in a in a time that we can recognize but then at the same time it's not really a time that i can totally recognize because i wasn't even fucking alive then you know sure sure and also i will say it does have good stuff in it ricardo montalban is cool hell yeah dude he's all it's anything with him is always good and again now it is a little weird seeing them shopping on Rodeo Drive or whatever the fuck they were doing. <laughs> that's that's odd. Yeah. But it's funny. It's goofy. I mean... I know. It's I think, so strange yeah. to follow Beneath, which is ultimately like a nihilistic... Oh, dude, one last thing about Beneath. I love the vision of insanity they get of the lawgiver, their statue, their holy statue of the lawgiver bleeding in a fucking wall yeah, yeah, of fire yeah, yeah yeah that shit's amazing so you're going from trippy apocalyptic imagery of the last one to this suddenly goofy and yet ultimately tragic yeah. love story i mean when you think of like the shopping montage yes that's the closest the series comes to outright silliness outright I think, you know but then it ends on a little baby ape which is turns out to be caesar later in the series yeah. but in this one for some reason is named milo well because the third one who arrived with them mm-hmm. uh who, who dies early in the movie is is dr milo so right. in memory of him they name him right, right, the right, child right, after right. him um it ends with him going mommy mommy after no, you know mama his, mama yeah, yeah, yeah. Mama, uh, and his mom is mama. dead and his dad and, is and dead, the worst and part is fades to black mama yeah. And then the credits roll. And with that one, it had a kind of soft, painful, kind of little like string yeah. stuff coming in. It was really sad because you fall in love with Cornelius and Zira. You know them from the previous movies. And this is where you really intimately, they're not side characters, they're main characters. Yeah. And I would say, dude, this is the first moment where. I agree with you. I, I I really am interested in this movie, and it, and I also, it has so many clunker moments. For right, me. right. There there are moments of even humor to where I'm like, ugh, that's yeah. not that's not a good line. Yeah, that wasn't was that funny in 1971? I don't know. It's all right. And then even a few like action moments like like how cornelius accidentally m- murders the orderly by what flipping the tray in his face <laughs> like it didn't make sense <laughs> yeah there were some like badly written moments and even like the suspense of that crazed scientist who ki- you know kills him at the end his whole like walking along the dock we talked about this the 70s lord bless it we love it they also sometimes shot everything from car chase action to people following each other as just filming it he's like we're yeah. just gonna show him walking up steps going across a railing and yeah. we today kind of go oh, this is not interesting it's not really suspense building yeah so i agree there's, there's a lot of clunky parts but this is the movie that because it's in the this normal pedestrian society it suddenly makes us really 
relate to the apes for the first time. They're not the other. They're the protagonist. Right. This is the movie that shifts the perspective from apes being other to we are the apes. Exactly. It's the turning point. So I give the movie big credit for that. Um, And also a a very cool return to Jerry Goldsmith scoring it. I want to talk about the music for a sec. All five of them have music moments that I fucking love. And I got into hard the way Tarantino would nerd out over nuanced music and the way you would, my friend, find (laughs) music. For me, at that age, around 14, when I discovered these, I got into the soundtracks. There's... Moments in the first one of them just searching the desert. This is trippy. This just cool, weird sounds. Yeah. Love it. So, um, anything else about Escape? Let's see. They testify before Congress or oh, something. Oh, that's a great scene. Yeah, um, Where, can the male talk? In all of these movies, there's always some guy that's like really obsessed with the apes like we gotta yeah, stop yeah, the apes and right, i always want to yeah. say like what is your problem like calm I down know, but I then know. if you if, well they kind of explained that in four yeah well and then if they if they didn't have a problem you wouldn't have a movie without conflict you got no movie right so anyway yeah, yeah. um uh, yeah, escape yeah. no that's it yeah you know escaped uh escape is the most satirical and it also i just I, it's so bizarre it's like you know how thinking up a subterranean society was off the main narrative beaten path (laughs) what if we take our two favorite ape characters and put them in modern day beverly hills yeah (laughs) like what yeah let's do it why not plus you know what i think uh i think it was another fuck you to charlton s like oh you tried to end the franchise nah baby we got three more coming out and I think, because it's like, what do you do? You blow up the planet. Ah, but what if? Yeah, yeah. And I, I like that too, man. I also like how we didn't have to see them time travel back to this time. They just arrive in the beginning in their yeah. spacesuits and all that. So let's move on to Conquest while we still Which got the... Which was the raddest. Best, dude. Best. So I want to quickly talk about this. I know I mentioned a bit to you, but for the posterity of the podcast, I just have to say... Conquest is the most galvanizing, most politically charged, and most wake-the-fuck-up viewer and look through this movie. Don't look at it. Look into it. Mm. And even as a 14-year-old boy... So, to recap the listener, that movie, wouldn't you agree, it's a prison environment for the apes. It's reached a point in this storyline where now the apes are subjugated slaves to really cold evil human beings in a totalitarian future yeah and it's bad news for the apes and what you're watching is slave treatment to people and it stirs up that feeling in you when you watch it and ultimately it's a story about revolution it's about breaking the chains and fucking taking down the slave masters yeah that's what that movie's about yeah ultimately and when i saw it for the first time you i felt that there was something being cut from it because the revolution scenes just felt very lame and nothing was... It was just kind of chaos, close-up shots. You in the back, sir. If I may ask, um, you said that it's your favorite. At that time when you saw the cut version, was it your favorite? No, I was actually very disappointed by it at the time. I thought it was a whole build-up to nothing. And, And also, you know what? It freaked me out out of all of them. I love... First of all, Roddy McDowell, again, wh- how cool. He plays his own son. 
and it's a different ape. That ain't Cornelius mm-hmm. that you're looking at in Conquest. This is a, a wholly different character. He also mm-hmm. feels younger. Like yeah, he, yeah, it feels yeah. like a sort of like young ape who's confused and scared. And out of all the apes movies, one of the most compelling like interpersonal connections you enjoy is Ricardo Montalban and Caesar. They, you can tell there's a love <laughs> yeah, between those yeah. two. Like they really have a good bond. Yeah. One thing you you know a lot of these movies have is a sort of like we're characters. You don't really see like how they relate to each other. Where's the where's the heart between them? So they have a very loving connection in an extremely cold world. I remember even at the time I was like this totalitarian UCI <laughs> environment yeah. is scary. Which by the way I've partied there many times. I've, I've walked <laughs> well, there. When we watched like... it, you were like, oh, I've been right there on that <laughs> yeah, shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so I have a theory, man. Hollywood. Or just the you know maybe not Hollywood just whatever whatever the powers that own visual media, they love. We have no problem seeing endless minutes of apes being tortured and subjugated, but if you so much as show authority figures, the cops, the owners, getting mutilated and piled up in dead bodies and like getting a medicine you're getting a taste of their own medicine oops we have to uh edit that out we can't show that yeah what's up with that well here's what i fucking hate dude and this this is why this movie is so important because it's not just some apes movie this is one of the few that just cuts to the problem of america and there's an excuse folks this is code listen very carefully people when someone in power goes well, we feel that this is too violent for all the children who are going to be watching this. We need to make this kid-friendly. That's code for, you need to dumb that shit down, people, because you're about to make everyone think about the police and the powers that are keeping us down. Yeah. And just... And by the way, I don't, I'm not against policing if it's done as a guardian of communicative good to the people. Yeah. But if it's a police state of armed thugs as that movie depicts. And as we see in many city environments, you got to know about that shit. So the movie is waking you up to like, dude, the powers need to be taken down. So those who distribute the power of showing movies get scared by those scenes. They love watching the slaves getting it, but you can't show the slave masters getting it. So the version you and I saw tonight, you notice, and as goofy as that seventies paint blood is, there was, there a, was lot a lot of it. of it. Yeah. A lot of it. You haven't seen that yet in these apes movies. Yeah. Not really. Even it was in pretty awesome. even in Beneath, which ends with though everyone getting shot up, the blood is still kind of minimal. Yeah. I mean, there was a part where all of the apes with the butt butts of their guns yeah. were smashing the heads and just smush yeah. smashing them into mush smashing, basically. Smashing, dude. Uh they uh, like they beat down. It's not even so much as shooting and cutting down the humans as they bludgeon yeah, everyone. Yeah. And dude, the proof in the pudding is the movie as you see it, it's talk about a downer. This yeah. one ends in actually in some weird way it's victorious too. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But it you know well, it's total it. well it's total anar well it's it's like apocalyptic revolution yeah, yeah, yeah. you can tell that this is the last day human beings were ever yeah. in charge and and caesar has this incredible speech but dude the version everyone had to watch for 40 plus years was uh 
or around 40 years, was the fact that you have this forced monologue that they put in post by mm. zooming in on his eyes to go, but now is not the time to kill the slave masters. We will be merciful today. And it's like, bullshit. It's fucking bullshit. No, this movie sets up an intense kill crazy power. And you know, this guy Caesar, who we've come to sympathize with, he also now he like he looks mad by the end. Yeah, I yeah. mean crazy. Remember how he's like you almost see like tears and victory and he's like he's like twitching with power at the end as the city's burning. Remember there was that last shot? Yeah. There was that moment, but there was yeah. also a moment that you pointed out where, oh, if you want to let's go back. It. Well, yeah. okay, and it used to freak me out when I was younger too. You that movie plays with a major phobia. I I the idea of just through just some unfortunate event you're brought into some interrogation room and you're just used as a fucking like you know how Ricardo Montalban is put through the ringer and they're like oh now sign this document and you know that's the first sign of trouble and they're gonna keep him around and he tries to escape and then oh in his struggle he falls out a window to his death yeah Caesar overhears this and I said to you dude check this out in my opinion this is the Oscar clip of all the movies and Roddy McDowell kills it in this moment. No words. You just see him go up to this poster. He strokes his finger across the word Armando because it's the circus poster they've been putting up. And he's crying. And you see him go from absolute heartbreak to rage to feeling scared. And dude, just imagine that. Imagine you're in this nightmare police state environment and you're one friend. Your Dr. King Schultz, because that to me is what he, he kind of is in that movie too. Like Armando in that is sort of like his Dr. King Schultz, who's killed. <gasps> Fuck. Yeah. So now Caesar has to be, you know, in charge of his life. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's a that the unedited version. Oh, how cool is that fucking flamethrower moment? Yeah. God damn, that's that's like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh conquest, um, is uh is always great to watch i love that one is just a, it's something to study folks in fact i dare say if you've never watched these movies and you don't want to go through all of them you can couldn't you just drop into conquest and just kind of yeah, absorb because so. it's ultimately a, a simple story of you have people you have a group of people being subjugated and, and a group of subjugators and yeah. this is the day the revolution happens yeah. simple I, I have to say like when i got out of jail one of yeah. the movies that I rented was Natural Born Killers because I wanted to see the riot at the end of the movie. Right. Because I just wanted to see that. Mm -hmm. And this movie, at the end of it, you know, with the whole rise and revolution right. and stuff sort of satisfies that side of me. I love seeing riots now. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I mean, not real ones, but like, no, no, you know, no, no, movies. But story in, in, a, in, in any paradigm, structural environment, story-wise... We like to see revolution. We yeah. like to see the turning of power. Yeah. So that's cool. Then battle. Should we move on to battle? Let's. Um, the one we just saw. Now, I sort of, I feel a bit bad for having spoken before about how I don't like it so much. So I felt like I may have set up the mindset to be kind of like, yeah, whatever about this one. It wasn't terrible. But it seems like you actually kind of enjoyed a lot of uh, the well, themes. And I, I realize I still like a lot of the themes in it I too. I have to say it does, you know how I said like, oh, I was expecting like a, uh, 
you know, like a big battle at the end of the first one. Yeah. This one sort of does have that. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, It, it yeah, has explosions. explosions and this and that. We noticed some cool pre-Mad Max shit going on yeah, before those movies. Yeah, like, which, like, who doesn't like to see a beaten down, dusted over school bus used in the far future when there are yeah, no more yeah, schools, yeah. but you use it as like your, you know, yeah. fucking armored vehicle. That being said, um, I think it's important for the mythology to sort of wrap it up in a yeah. way you know yeah, what yeah. i mean like and sort and of be like kind of yeah you know up. like um you also notice the uniforms come back yeah suddenly yeah. we're back to wearing yeah. you know with the purple for the gorillas yeah. the orange for the orangutans and the green for ape the don't kill or what did they say a- an ape never kills ape ape never except aldo, aldo. kills Oh, I have an interesting little theory here. I got to talk about Aldo for Go a ahead. second. Okay, so in Escape from the Planet of the Apes, the third one, there's mm-hmm. a moment where they're in, they're interviewed slash interrogated about like, okay, so you need to be clear with us. How did you? How did the apes take over Earth? Cornelius says there was one ape who rose against humanity, and his name was Aldo. So, according to Cornelius, the revolutionary ape is Aldo. Oh, interesting. However, because Cornelius and Zira time-traveled back, they started a brand new thread of time. Right. In which Caesar is the revolutionary. Right. So, in my opinion, uh, Battle suffers from kind of like, same thing that happened to Beyond Thunderdome. Which actually, upon rewatching recently, I really like a lot more now. But <laughs> let me let's save it more like for a return of the Jedi, in terms of some great ideas, but ultimately the stupid again. It's for the kids. No, you're trying to dumb our intelligence down. So they did the same, I think, with Battle. There's a few things that are kind of like simplified. I think some of the scripts a little clunky. Yeah. You know, but 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 hold on. Uh, let me not throw away the whole uh, baby with the bathwater here. Ah, oh, fuck. Uh, uh, I, I lost the thought. What was I saying? Uh, battle for... Um, dumb down... It's, uh, uh, right. It's something about... Uh, uh, what was I saying? No? Is that baby gone with that bathwater? <laughs> the baby... Gone, baby gone. Oh, I don't oh. know. Uh, well, well, okay, hold on. It, it, it's about this movie. The themes... The... Um, Yeah, it, there, there's something that uh, fuck. I don't know. I don't. Let's. Uh, what, what else? What are, about the about this movie? Anything that stuck out? That uh, I'm always up for John Huston. Yeah, he's he, uh, yeah, as he's the a uh, cool guy to be in a the movie. lawgiver. He's you know, I like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it's um, so funny when we listen back on this podcast, we're going to be yelling like you're talking about such and such, but right <laughs> now we don't remember. Yeah. Listen back to it. We'll be like, oh, I mean, look, that's what I, we I, I, again, like I, I just like the mythology of these movies, and yeah, uh, yeah. Um, this this one, I think, what what could have happened. Um. Well, one thing it definitely was aware of the, of the violence of guns. It didn't glorify battle. It ultimately had kind of a message of like. Hey, we need to make sure that guns are treated seriously in this camp because yeah. look at what it can do. Yeah, and you know, I, I, I always, and it, it didn't feel like a forced moral, like guns are bad. No, it, it was more like, okay, we had to defend our land today, 
but we also every day must be responsible with our power. Like yeah. I, I can dig it for yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good um, standalone message. But the way conquest wraps up, they really could have kept that raw fucking energy right. through the last one. This is my issue. They love to dumb the shit down for the sake of sales, dude. They they are like, well, if you keep that nihilistic vibe going, we can't sell as many t-shirts yeah, and all yeah. that, you know. Yeah. You know, I will say um it would have been a little bit of a cooler series if it ended on conquest. Yeah, like end with that fucking <laughs> like, like, nihilistic like, and, shot. You know, and of, I get of, it. Yeah, you want to make a yeah. few more bucks, and you want yeah. to explore the mythology further. But, but still, I mean, dude. But dude, don't get me wrong. I didn't hate the last one. I, no, I really didn't. I, I, I none it was of them. None of them are total wastes of time. The only one of all those movies that I thought that was just insulted my intelligence was the uh, Burton one. I've never seen it, so I can't yeah. speak. Also, to it, you won't care. <laughs> yeah, again, because I don't care about anything. I now hold on. Okay, as someone who loves the time machine, yeah. What did what did you think when they then remade it? And did you see it? I didn't see. it. I didn't want to see it. You know what's funny is I haven't seen it either. Yeah, I refused to watch it. It it, it wasn't even a refusal. It was just. They just no, no, okay, just, no, no, got no here's, respect. Here's the, here's the real thing. Here's yeah. the real thing. It was... Maybe, I guess it was a refusal. I just didn't want to be disappointed in that story. I yeah, didn't, I didn't I want agree. to watch a bad representation of that that's story. That's exactly it. And you dude, know? that's what I... I don't know. I You know, you just hope. I remember when the new apes movie had come out that new being at the time the burden one i was like ah yeah i just feel like it is gonna suck and sure enough dude you know this is one thing i'll just say like this is why shit this is why one thing that annoys me about our generation it's been around honestly dude since the 90s much Mm -hmm. as it's nostalgic to think back we've been in a 20 30 year long period now where everyone keeps tightening to the detriment of storytelling, the suspense down to minimal minutes where you don't get to wonder. Point in fact, Planet of the Apes, 1968, it took 31 minutes before we see any ape. Yeah. Tim Burton one, as soon as they land on the planet, I mean the minute they open the hatch of their spaceship, out come the apes. And like all of them, not like a couple faces, just like the full cast of characters. And you're like, okay, I guess that's why Planet of the Apes. No, you need to... I like how you wonder. It would be like if Alien just started with the fucking face coming out. I can see you right now. Nan is doing this fucking (laughs) smile right now where he's going to be like, yeah, for the reason why I don't give a shit. (laughs) No, no, Alex, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Yes. If I'm... If I'm... If I'm going to see a movie called Planet of the Apes, I want to see those apes apes immediately. (laughs) No, I mean, I can see... I Look... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. You, you, you. Sometimes people aim well, for the cheap seats. Yeah, you know, I get Jaws, it. Jaws, man. But you I don't see I, the shark first thing. But yeah. I mean, you get a sense of it first thing. Yeah. But okay, I I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, but I get you. I get you. I mean, attention spans have have gotten lower and stuff like that. I do care. I mean, of course. I, I want I want the future generations to have big 
attention spans so they could enjoy proper things. However, but I will say, I don't think attention spans get too short for well-told stories. Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. think if you showed any generation, I don't know, something like, say, Jaws, which mm -hmm. takes some time to get going. You know what I mean? Like, or Alien. Or Alien. I'd say the first or, Alien will always or, be effective. You oh, know, I think or, so. Or what else? I mean, The Exorcist, maybe? Exorcist. I mean, you know what also seems to be cool, especially, I guess, for guys? Every guy who wants to feel like a guy, uh, the Godfather movies, man, they're always going to connect with people. People are going to yeah. be like, fuck yeah. This. I mean, that was the one movie or one of... I can think honestly the one movie that my father like sat us down and showed us. Yeah, you know man, I, I mean? saw that with my dad. Yeah, too. You it's, know, it's, it's like, like for them yeah. too of that generation. That was a huge one. Yeah. By mm -hmm. the way, we're, yeah, we're we're like I'm burning. Right, right, right. I just want I just want to get one thing out of the we're way. We're good. I you, I told you <clears> I discovered <throat> this amazing import DVD store in Culver City. Yeah. And I got this movie called The Bride from Hell. Yeah. And I just wanted to tell you what it was about. It was sure. about this guy. He sees this girl naked and she's like oh my god you saw me naked so like i have no honor because i'm a virgin and you saw me naked <laughs> so so then they get married and then it turns out she's like a demon ghost or something nice. and then and so then, i married a demon ghost yeah and then like shit happens and then you know nice. what she, year i don't remember what but does it feel like 60s 70s it 80s? was no no it was i think late 60s it no no 70s uh -huh. 70s in fact I'll pull it some from somewhere. But yeah. the thing that's interesting about it is that it's a Shaw Brothers movie, but it's not a kung fu film. It's a nice. it's a horror film. Does it have any sort of quick actiony the one spinny thing, moments? The two things off the top of my head that sort of link it to the kung fu flicks is a the sets look very familiar. Like they look like the you know like and. Uh, I mean, I think the Shaw Brothers, they had, their studio was called Movie City or something like that. It mm -hmm. was like a, it was like a fully functioning set. I think people even lived there and stuff. And uh, the other thing was the, the ghost demon lady, like she would sort of float and she did this thing several times where she would like float in the sky and mm, stuff. Nice. Great so, stuff. Yeah, yeah. This, this. I, I remembered what I had forgotten when we were talking about battle for the Go ahead. Apes. It Go finally ahead, came friend. back. You know how those things come back. Go ahead, so, buddy. So, because Caesar was placed in a new timeline for Earth, he took the revolution away from Aldo, who we find is a militant, dumb-dumb gorilla who's just into total destruction. And my theory is, the reality in which Aldo was the revolutionary leader of the apes gave birth to the planet that Charlton Heston came to. The, this sort of subjugating humans hardcore ah. level is Aldo's storyline. You notice, though, the last scene we see of battle is a world in which human and ape children are sitting listening to the lawgiver as he tells them the tales of Caesar. And we see that statue of Caesar, and the tear came out of the statue of Caesar. <sighs> That's beautiful. That's, That's beautiful. What so, a beautiful series. So yeah, man. That ultimately that series is about John Huston. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time it was about me. Is yeah. it you it's not just me, right? There's a lot of John Huston and Daniel Plainview. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So I think it's been documented. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Alright, yeah. cool. Um, cool man. I'm I'm aped out. I'm aped We've out. We've been aped. 
We went ape. ape shit. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, guys, we are now the Wild 7 Podcast. Ow. From here on out, the number one movie in this realm is Debbie and the Devil and anything else that we come up with. I created Debbie and the Devil and Alex was in it and he helped create it. And it was also created by the Nightshade Collective of whom you will meet. You will meet April Mendoza. You will meet Ashley Mendoza. You will meet Alexa Morales. And you will, you will meet, uh, who else? Uh, uh, Victoria and you will meet uh, so many people and our studio is being moved to downtown where all of the movie magic is made and we make beautiful art here at Wild 7. Welcome to Wild 7 Podcast. We are no longer the Nas Red Podcast or Nas Red Talks About Movies and but we will all it is is we're just changing the logo and also and also but also I, I'm just I'm just not I'm not gonna you know like if I, if I want to talk about a movie I'll talk about a movie if I want to do a play we'll do a play if we want to talk about debbie we'll do debbie but he mainly mainly is, he doesn't give a fuck i he don't doesn't care, care about anything yeah nothing matters yeah i enjoy I, yeah enjoy and uh you know what that was good hey alex i just want to say something to you man it's been awesome always doing these podcasts always with you man and you, we our, our friendship blossomed as a result of celebrating cinema and celebrating marijuana and well yeah. cinema marijuana yeah makes a friendship are you gonna damn we went along all right right. one last thing one last thing Mm -hmm. one last thing one last thing Mm -hmm. let's end on this let's throw this out there in case they decide to take another crack at the planet of the apes universe at least i'm gonna do this oh i remember one thing i wanted to ask you too okay no hold on well you go first but let me just i i got mine bookmarked i'm gonna do my my audition for the charlton heston part at the part where he discovers the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> right. Okay. And I, it, this is my take on it. Because right, I'm, I'm an actor. Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, I've joined your realm in, yeah, in yeah. the acting world. All right, Okay. Right. All right. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and let me slate. Hold on. Yes, okay, please. Hi, my name is Nasred, and I'm reading for the part of Charlton Heston's part. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Thank you. Whenever you're ready, yeah. son. Thank you. You fucking maniacs. What the fuck are you doing? How can you fucking do this to us? It's ridiculous. Idiots. And scene. Thank you. <laughs> so <laughs> underwhelming. That's hey, like, man. That's like if... if uh, no, no, it, it was great. It was great. But it, that's like mumblecore. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. like, found out it's been earth all along. <laughs> who cares yeah. well it is late <laughs> yeah it's yeah the listener doesn't know it's 125 a.m <laughs> oh my god dude yeah, no. ape time yeah uh I, i'm curious ranking rank the five movies oh okay obviously conquest is first sure then beneath nice then then the first the first Uh uh-huh then the last Uh uh-huh then escape because the escape as as memorable as certain parts were you rip me off yeah yeah. when i watch a sci-fi movie i want to be in a sci-fi world i don't want to be in your modern (laughs) bullshit get out of my life and get out of my face and we are done nice you uh, uh, I think it's, it's very similar. I, I'm always going to hold the first one first, just because for me, that was my introduction. I love that first one. Mm-hmm. So it goes first. 
But now though, almost exactly next to it, conquest, then beneath, then escape, then battle. The only difference is, for me, battle's the least effective, you're you, it's escape. Yeah. But I appreciate every single one of them for the parts that really work. They're all great. Yeah, I will dude. say, I'm not being facetious. I, I, I really did. Me too, Jen. I, I genuinely wouldn't. Trip. I wouldn't leave any of them. Uh, e- even, even you know, even though it should end on conquest, I always. It's good to bring battle along. It was a fun trip. And yeah. you know what, um, Alex? Is there anything else you want to sign off on? Because I, I have a new sign off. Uh, until next time, I'll just say. Shoot a movie, not a person. <laughs>